Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Oh, it's a very good morning to you. It is Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio on a massive Friday morning. And we'll get some action today, finally, because AFL Free Agency officially kicks off at 9am this morning. Some of those names that... We'll move clubs. Dan McStay is going to go from the Lions to the Magpies. Carl Amon from Port Adelaide to Hawthorne. Jack Gunston from Hawthorne to the Lions. Liam Jones is off to the Bulldogs in interesting fashion. So there's a couple of the moves that we may see as quickly as today. You can have your say on any of that. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. The Bombers have a new coach. There was best and fairest everywhere last night. We'll discuss that. And we look forward to you having your say on any matters relating to the trade period. And I couldn't do it with a better person this morning. The five-time All-Australian goal-kicking legend from the Essendon Football Club has been dominating trade period for a long time. His name is Matthew Lord. Lordo, good morning. Kane, great to be with you this morning. I, I missed you. I enjoyed working with Sammy Edmund. We had good fun. But, uh, yeah, it was, listen to that. It thanks, was good. Thanks, Kane. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's great to be back with you this morning. And I want to ask you, though. Uh, things you do in the morning. So I stayed at Crown last night. So I just I treated I did you did see, see that. that. Uh, yeah. I went all fanboy. I'm, I'm sitting there having some afternoon tea and they were coming from everywhere. So uh, <laughs> one minute, my son, there's Joel Selwood. There's Harry Taylor. There's Dangerfield. It just kept going on and on. Andrew Mackey, just uh, yeah, the best and fairest was on last yeah. night. Geelong, so it was good just... Was able to sit there and uh, enjoy having photos. Well, that's how the other half do it. Yeah, well, that's just, right. Uh, shacking up at the crowd. I saw Jacob with with the boys. Saw Dangerfield and and Mackie and Selwood. Haven't they done it well? Mm. The Cats. I mean, has it been? It's been one of the most humble premierships mm. I've ever seen. I actually spoke to Patrick Dangerfield on SEN yesterday in a separate interview, and I said that to him. They, they feel like they made a conscious effort to really include the players that mm. didn't play, so they're conscious of that and sensitive to yeah. it. Uh, the fans. Um, the, the, the special individuals that, you know, Levi Ablett and, and people like that and also just the random people as well. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, it's great. And what I thought too, like, so I said to my son, I said, because Dangerfield had about eight pairs of Nike shoes beside him. And I said to my son, geez, if you become good at footy, look how many pairs of shoes <laughs> you can get there. And anyway, my son had a little bit of a chat to Dangerfield and you know what Danger was doing? He was giving a pair of shoes to staff members that he wanted to thank. You're and cute. one of them was my brother. So my brother, I don't know if he's got him yet, but uh, that was danger. So it's great what he's done with you, Kano, yeah. with the jumper. That, that's, yeah. How's that going at the uh, auction? amazing. I have yeah. to uh, yep. look at uh, what the actual figure is. But last time I checked, it was about $20,000, and every cent of that's going to my room. But yeah. we haven't spoken a lot about your brother, Simon. I mean, GM of football at a footy club is, is a significant role. Like, it's the conduit between, I guess, the board and, and the football club and the, the dealing with the players and coaching, and it mm. encompasses everything, really. It's such an important role, and you need a special person to be successful at it. But he's understated, isn't yeah. he? Doesn't oh, I haven't seen him do any... Mm. I think he's done a couple of interviews over here in Adelaide that I heard, but haven't seen him out and about. How's 
he feeling? And um, can you give any yeah. insight into the role that he's played behind this premiership? Uh, he, I've never seen him happier, Kano, uh, because he's been in the AFL system for 22 years. So 22 years of experience. And this is the first time he's been involved in a premiership. So he, he was part of uh, the Fremantle side that uh, played against Hawthorne but lost the grand final. Uh, he was also uh, with Collingwood. And he, I think he missed the 2010 Premiership by a year. I think he, he maybe went to Fremantle uh, yep. that year. And then he's been part of Geelong losing grand finals. But it actually was really nice. Joel Selwood came up and I said, congratulations, Joel. And, and straight away he goes, gee, your brother's been good for us. He said he's had the worst job at yeah. the club. He said the amount of uh, restructuring he's had to do to but. Uh, in terms of telling people they've lost their jobs, telling people that their mm. salary is going to be slashed. It's the worst job in football, but he's been able to still make sure our players are being developed, still make sure we're resourced in areas. So that's been interesting. I didn't think about it. Some clubs, for example, have fallen apart in certain areas or mm. under-resourced themselves in certain areas. But Geelong have been able to, through all this, I think the best clubs and the good people, uh, you you did it on Footy Classified. You put up Geelong's senior people. Yeah, you did right. it. How long ago? About two or three months ago, I reckon yeah. it was. And they've gone on to win. So I think yeah, he's very very good at what he does. Uh, highly regard. Has to make some tough calls, but uh, yeah, no, great great club. Yeah, absolutely. Without any fanfare. So if you're just catching up, Jeremy Cameron won that best and fairest with Cam Guthrie and. Perhaps we didn't give Cam Guthrie the credit that he deserved. I mean, we all admire the role that he plays, but often he's overlooked with Luxarves and Cameron and Hawkins and Dangerfield and, and the like and, and Stengel's emergence this year. But what a season yeah. it is for Cam Guthrie to tie with Jeremy Cameron as a premiership winning, oh, sorry, a, a best and fairest winner in a premiership season. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, sorry, Kate, I'm jumping around a bit, but when I was leaving this morning at 10 to 6, 5.50, and uh, you know who was driving into Crown was Basher Hooley. Right. And I said, Basher, I'm leaving at 10 to 6, which I think is early. You're coming back to the hotel. I said, what Where'd are you? he been? I said, what are you? He said, I want to keep routine in my life. And so I go to the mosque at 4.30. You're kidding. Yeah, so I'm at the mosque at 4.30. And he was really sweaty. And he said, from the mosque, I have to run. And that's so I want to, with footy finished, I need structure in my life. So the mosque, 4.30, and then he said, I run from wherever to, I'll go on like a 10K run. So he'd, he'd run the t- from Crown, round the tan, and back, ready to start his day. So it's interesting. How, I'm just fascinated by how pe- what people's routine is. Well, and, yeah, no, yeah. I love it because yeah. the double-page spread in the Herald Sun today is about the, the AFL Players Association mm. survey to players. And I, I just wanted to ask mm. you, I was going to save it for a little bit later mm. on in the show, but... One of the things that they did find is, and, and not that Basher was a young player and he had so much success and a long career, so he was fortunate in that respect, but that the listed young players are leaving mm. the game with challenges and significant challenges, certainly in terms of their confidence, they're anxious about what happens next with their career and what do they do after football. And not only the young players, but I think a lot of players struggle when they leave the game for that structure. Mm. So to hear, hear that, um, quite yeah. wise, and if there's any young players listening to to keep that activity, that fitness level and that routine and structure and discipline um, is really important because you'll struggle without it. Right, oh Lord, oh, yep. the biggest news of the day relates to your club and they have a new coach. So Brad Scott was interviewed formally, I guess, for the first time yesterday. And by yesterday afternoon, the news had come through and then it was official. 
that Brad Scott is the new coach of the Essendon Football Club. Your initial thoughts, I guess it wasn't any surprise to you, but how do you digest the news that Brad Scott signed a four-year contract at about $3.5 to $4 million to be the next coach of the Bombers? I'm, I'm really pleased, Kane. Uh, I know we discussed it, and you, I think you maybe said it'd be a safe choice for Essendon, and, and I think safe isn't disrespectful to Brad Scott because yeah. you know he's a 200-game coach, a very intelligent person, uh, I think that Essendon needed someone's pretty strong, I think, to walk into what they're going to walk into. I still think, uh, you know, there's you know, the factions that have been at the club and, and it's been a bit of a broken club. And, and when you're not having success, uh, it's sort of, you know, like being on Survivor. It can become every man for themselves in a sense. Yeah. And, and that's what the club's been like. Uh, you know, tough decisions have been made, you know, with you know, the change of president, uh, change of CEO, uh, that CEO should be announced in the next sort of five or six days. Uh, and and Brad, Brad to me, just has a real presence and an aura. He's a good coach. Uh, he and his brother, brother uh, you can just see when you listen to them, uh, you believe what they're having to say. Um, some all, yeah. And then uh, the question was asked, is he good at developing players and all those sorts of things at North Melbourne? I reckon maybe you had to keep topping up a fair bit because of the club that they are. So mm, mm. No, I've got really good, strong belief and faith and whoever it was, I was just want to support what they did, Kane, because I think it's about Essendon people coming together and being on the same page again, which the club hasn't been for a long, long time. Yeah, no, I'm really happy with it. The overwhelming um, response has been positive, I think, in relation to Brad Scott's mm. appointment. Now, Mitch Cleary was reporting last night that the first conversation with the Essendon coaching panel was three weeks ago. Um, Brad decided to sort of hold off anything formally until after the grand final. He's going to speak to the media for the first time today alongside David Barham at 11.30 and hasn't a lot changed since, you know, they did move on from Ben Rutten with the idea of getting Alistair Clarkson in. And you would have to think um, it's somewhat been fortunate for them that they didn't um, land Alistair Clarkson, really. Mm. Uh, can you imagine the, the chaos that would be unfolding at Essendon if it had been Alistair Clarkson with, with everything that is going on now? So they'll have some real stability behind that. I guess the only question, and I, I wanted to put this to you, is do you feel like they ran a proper process to get him? Because, as I said, interviewed him officially, formally for the first time yesterday, and he was announced by the coach yesterday afternoon. So they must have made that decision some time ago, you would think. Yeah, there's no doubt they would have been talking to him for a number of weeks, but he wasn't willing to, I think, fully present until this week. But, yeah, there's no doubt in their mind they felt like they had their man. And, yeah, I don't know how Adam Uze and James Hurd and Dean Solomon mm. and Brennan Laid would be feeling this morning going, was I ever in this? And was I ever going to get this position? Uh, but... I don't think they fully knew whether Brad Scott was going to be in. So Brad Scott was asking as many questions about Essendon as they were, they were about him. So I think that's where you know they, they do the process. It would have been interesting uh, where, who if Brad Scott wasn't in. Uh, I think Uze and James Hurd, there was a, probably a bit of a split going on there of who, who, who was the right fit for them. Uh, so yep. I think in a sense, Brad Scott was unanimous. So across the board that he'd be the best fit for them. And I think even the players, Kane, I think the players, you, know, like you think of Parrish and Merritt mm. and Stringer, they need someone very strong to come in and go, this is how we're doing it. These are the boundaries. This is how we're going to play. I think they're crying out for that. And I think so many players should improve off the back of having someone strong and intelligent like Brad Scott walking through the into the doors. 
What do you reckon? Join in the conversation with us, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. It's the early late or early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. So expectations around what they might deliver next year, Lordo, just the seven wins this year. Uh, they were far too easy to play against. Their defensive system broke down. They were the worst team at defending um, the opposition from moving the ball from back 50 to forward 50. Now, this was on the back of the previous year where, where they did made the finals with a young group and it looked as though it was going to be a great launching pad for them, but it completely fell apart. It is early days, but do you think the Essendon fans who have been reasonably patient but getting impatient now would expect finals next year or is this more of a slow, methodical build to get to the point where it's not just finals, it's top four and in contention to win premierships? Because I probably lean towards that more so than an instant sort of sugar hit bump finals next year. But um, having that sustained success is what I'd be after. I agree. And I think that, you know, with Essendon, like got nothing out of Cox this year. Um, Mm. You know, Zach Reed, Perkins, uh, there's a lot of blokes who, who just plateaued this year for whatever reason. So I think there's huge bet. There'll be a huge bounce in performance. So seven wins this year. I I think the club, I'll be surprised if it, if they don't win around the 11, 11 Mm. wins, but it it happens. A new coach comes in. We've seen what Craig McRae has done. Even when Brett Ratton got the job, uh, instant bounce. Um, it, It normally happens. So yeah, I'd be expecting to be close to playing finals, if not playing finals. And then uh, the year after that should be pushing for far more than that. Your good friend Dean Solomon went to Twitter yesterday, which was interesting. So he said, congratulations to Brad Scott and becoming the senior coach of the Essendon Football Club. From a personal point of view, I want to say how proud I am of my great mate James Hurd for him to even be in a space which allowed him to apply for this role. Uh, That's most important to me, hashtag courage. And you, you can't disagree with that for all the... And I didn't think James Hurd was right for the Essendon job, as a lot of people didn't, but... I admire the fact that he put himself out there and that he's in a really good space. The question is now, do you think it's lit the fuse, Lordo, that um, perhaps he may go to another club, get back involved, get his hands dirty, learn another system and then be in a really good position to be a senior coach in two to three years' time? Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I might try and work on getting him on our program, Kane, early next week uh, to chat about that. And, And... I'd love to see him because he's obviously got the passion to coach uh, like we see, saw him going through the process. So how good would it be for him to go into another system for 12 months, 24 months, and, and get that coaching position? Because to me, he's doing so well in business. Mm. Uh, he's doing really well in business, but this is what his passion is, is to coach. Once his playing days ended, he, he wanted to be a coach. So it'd be great to see him go and, and you know, may have missed out this time, but... Uh, even improve himself under somebody else in the next couple of years. But I'm, I'm with Dean. You know, to seeing where James was, he, he didn't want to face anybody. Uh, in the last week, he's gone to the past players, so the Essendon mm. past players function. First time he'd gone in 12 months. Uh, sorry, 12 years, sorry. First time he'd walked back into Windy Hill in 12 years. And and he, he spoke, and you know, everyone was just rap, absolutely wrapped for him, for where he had been in his life. Mm. And... Uh, to where he is now. Never seen him so happy, which is which is what Dean's talking about. Just missed out on the job, but just to see him in a great space again, enjoying life again with his wife and his kids is great. Beautifully said. 0419187323. You can send us a text nice and early. There's a lot we've got to get through on this first day of free agency. That is open this morning. We're going to work our way through a number of best and fairest results. The AFL Players Association report 
is interesting to me and the fact that um, clubs that rated highly on this player survey are the clubs that are at the top of the ladder. No surprises there, but there's some interesting details in that. I want to get Matthew Lord's thoughts on that. But on the other side of this, we're going to hear from St Kilda and their list manager, James Gallagher, on Jordan Ngoi and their continued interest. There seems to be a stalemate with him and Collingwood still, despite some reports earlier this week that he had re-signed. Collingwood's best and fairest is on tonight, so I'll wait and see if there's any announcements tonight. But Jordan Ngoi's future on the agenda on the other side of this. It is Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tires today. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Yeah, yeah, look, he is. Um, so we've had a number of conversations, um, you know, with Jordan and his management over over a few months now. So uh, he's got a he's got a big decision to make. Um, and, uh, you know, the time's coming pretty quickly for that decision. So, you know, I anticipate in the next two or three days he'll... Um, he'll make that call. Um, that will shape a little bit about what we do um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, look, we, we think he'd be a he'd be an outstanding fit um, for our footy club and our footy team. Um, now he's he's an exceptional player. He's a big game player, and he's got plenty of footy in front of him. Uh, so we think he'd, he'd work in really really well with uh, with our group and our club. But you know, he's a Collingwood player. Um, he's been there for for a long time. He's got some you know, uh, pretty, pretty strong relationships there. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a big decision for him, and I think we'll all know a bit more in the next couple of days. List boss of the St Kilda Footy Club, James Gallagher, speaking to Trade Radio yesterday. This is the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. 3W's Matthew Lloyd alongside myself, Kane Corn. So, Lordo, Channel 7 also reported on the back of that, which is interesting in itself because I think it was Channel 7 that had reported a day or so ago that Jordan Ngoi had re-signed at Collingwood, but... They're the conflicting reports you get from journalists at this time of the year. So Tom Brown this time um, says it is a cliffhanger in terms of the contract for his services. Collingwood tonight don't know about his response. That was Thursday night in reference. St Kilda now genuinely think they're a chance of landing Jordan Ngoi and pulling off what could be a massive coup, remembering they're unlikely to have the behavioural clauses or at least as strict as Collingwood have them. Is Jordan Ngoi a good fit for the Saints, Lord? In football terms, yes, but with Jordan Ngoi, you've got to take the full package. Well, the great thing for Jordan and his manager is he's got options. Also reading <laughs> today is that uh, you know, the Bombers had a player delegation who made a pitch, including Jake Stringer, who was there. So mm. uh, I'm not sure if they've got a relationship previous to that. But uh, yeah, he's, he's in that situation, Jordan, that I reckon clubs start to go, okay, uh, could he be good for us? Could he be good? so? If you've got three clubs all vying for your services, I was always a he'll stay at Collingwood. But as every day goes by, you start to think to yourself, okay, could we see him move on? So yeah, I think he on field, yeah, he'd be a wonderful fit for Collingwood. You're thinking of Jordan right now at his best. Yeah, obviously, your heart's in your mouth when you're secure someone like this. That's why we've yeah. we've got this standoff because your heart's in your mouth because you can't fully trust him, Kane. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting reading between the lines and and hearing that they've been speaking to him for months. Mm. So uh, clearly, you know, if if you're happy at Collingwood and and you want to stay, you're not really speaking to other clubs, are you? Your, your right. focus is on securing the best deal you can at your current club. 
And you said on Monday or Tuesday that it would be a mistake mm. for Jordan to leave Collingwood. And I think most people would agree with you on that in terms of a career move, Lord, over the fact that we're arguing over a couple of behavioural clauses mm. here. It doesn't sound like we're arguing over the term of the deal or the financial That's conditions right. of the deal. It's a, a couple of financial, sorry, a couple of behavioural clauses. You would think with the, the ride that Collingwood are on, I agree with you, this would be a, a big mistake for him to leave. I had a player say to me uh, two weeks ago that at Collingwood, they've never learnt more about football in the last 12 months than they have in the previous seven or eight years of their career. Really? So a yeah, young player, a young yeah, well, an eight or nine year player okay. said to me that yeah, what what he's learnt from Craig McRae, Brennan Bolton, Lepo. and Justin Lepich was just unbelievable. What he has learnt about the game, uh, and 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 so yeah, I just feel that that's all the part of me saying, yeah, he's getting paid well at Collingwood, so it's not as if it's a lot more money. You wouldn't have thought that St Kilda are going to be able to offer him. Mm. What, I, I couldn't be too big a difference if you're already being offered eight hundred thousand dollars a season. So yeah, that that's where I just think it's a great. Uh, it's just French. If I'm his manager, they, let's get these clauses right and fair. But I think some people, even at Collingwood, Kane, and that is some some of his teammates believe that they are harsh. That the the these uh, clauses are harsh mm. on Jordan. So they're on his side a little bit here. That there was a little bit unfair on him. So he's well within his rights to be challenging uh, these clauses currently. All right. That uh, free agency window opens this morning. Collingwood's best and fairest is tonight. Everyone is expecting Jordan to go. He will attend that best and fairest. And I guess they're hopeful that there will be an announcement on that. If there's not, you would think that it's going to be an interesting weekend. Um, you know, remembering that Collingwood do have the opportunity to match this deal, but if they do match the deal, I think those behavioural clauses that St Kilda don't have, then Collingwood would have to suck that up and, and work their way through that there. Pies fans, we've asked you the question all week. How would you feel about this? one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Grundy goes out the door. If the goey goes out the door, uh, significantly worse off, you would think, in terms of a playing perspective uh, next year. Still on St Kilda, James Gallagher, that man, spoke about a player's name who continually be thrown up around this trade period. And, and you said, Lordo, that he, he could be one of the bargain players if he did move clubs this year. James Gallagher spoke of Hunter Clark. He's a terrific lad, Hunter. So actually, he's um, overseas with a group of our players at the moment, having a, a well-earned break. Um, I actually spoke to him earlier this morning. So, um, look, Hunter's a, he's a kid. He's, he's under contract with us. He's incredibly talented. Um, he's a good lad. Uh, we love having him around the club. Um, you know, would be really reluctant um, to trade him um, because, you know, through um, mainly through injury, um, we we haven't seen the best of him yet. And he is a he is a young player. He's an emerging player. He's got his best years ahead of him. Um, so you know, I'd expect that um, that he'd be with us um, next year and hopefully for a long long time beyond that. Sounds like the ball's in Hunter Clark's court. If if he requested a trade, it doesn't sound like St Kilda would stop in his way. If not, they'd be more than happy to keep him on the list. And what of Brad Hill, whose name was thrown up soon after Alistair Clarkson got the North Melbourne coaching position? James Gallagher gave an update on Brad Hill. Uh, I do. I do, yeah. Yeah, I've spoken to Hilly quite a bit. Um, he's, he, look, he's played some really good footy for us um, at times, Bradley. Um, he's you know, maybe been a little bit inconsistent certainly in the back half of this year. Um, but he, he had some mates... Um, as well, um, that were, were probably in that boat. So, 
um, you know, we need to find a way to get the absolute best out of Brad, you know, 20 or 22 weeks uh, a year. And we think that, you know, with some tweaks to, you know, some personnel, the way we play and, and improvements in the program and just the growing maturity of our group, uh, we're really confident that, that we'll be able to um, do that. He's, um, you know, a lot of his weapons aren't, they're not replaceable um, in, in AFL footy. You know, his, his running is um, absolutely exceptional. He's got an ability to play in a few different parts of the ground. He's, he's quite unselfish with his running and his coverage for teammates at times, which, uh, look, it, it, doesn't get, um, it doesn't get the credit that, uh, that he deserves. Um, but, you know, we, we've all probably taken a bit of a breath at the end of the year and, and critically assessed how, how the back end of the, the season went. Um, and, you know, we've all got a bit of improvement to do. Um, that's from, you know, staff to coaches to players. Um, and, yeah, I, I'd be expecting him to play with us next year and beyond, and um, I reckon we'll see the best of Brad Hill. There you have it, long-winded answer to say that Brad Hill is important to them and at this stage is not going to be moving clubs. Let's get to a couple of your text messages, 0419187323. Continue to send them through. If you'd like, fellas, this is Dom down in Armstrong Creek. Can you please mention when the Liam Jones deal can get done? Is it today? Yep, it is today that free agency window opens from 9 o'clock this morning because he's unrestricted. Uh, he can just move without too many issues. Uh, Phil wants to know what's happening at Sydney and asks whether they've had their exit interviews. Any talk about players looking to be traded? Uh, wrong, Taylor Bell, Amadi. Um, haven't heard a lot, Phil, um, with the Sydney Swans at the moment. Now that James Hurd has missed out on the Essendon job, do you think he'll go back into the system as an assistant coach? That's from Griggy. Griggy, we discussed that at length. I think Matthew Lord and myself would love to see it and go to a really strong club and play a vital role and then put his name up again. But he's got some other things, including business interests, which may prevent him to do that. And this on a similar vein from Steve, do you think there's a chance Hurd would be an assistant coach under Brad Scott? Lordo, if the knock on Hurd is that he needs to do some extra years as an assistant, and he really does bleed red and black, and want to get back the club on track, surely he is interested in that role. It's an interesting one, that question. James is the most loved person in the club's history in my opinion like uh, he's just adored absolutely who else is in the conversation in? Uh, so if, if you were he, doing it was one take I, yourself out of it hey, if you were I'm doing like, the top three i'd say timmy watson yep he's loved and adored uh, would so michael long be like in, heard i'm talking hurdy i've never seen anything like it like the fans, like rock star like, like yeah. rock star like just loved and adored like he, he um yeah I, I did a gig with him recently kano <laughs> And surprise, I, surprise. I, yeah, and I may as well have not been there. But, uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how much they loved him. Like, I'm then the confidence Yeah, I did hurt a bit. Yeah, yeah, it did hurt a bit. But no, that's... So where what, I, what I'm getting at here is Brad Scott, uh, you know, you lose four or five games and you've got James Hurd sitting beside you. I know you, if you're confident enough, you just get the best team around you. But, yeah, I'm not sure James being your number two or three at Essendon is right at another club. He'd be unbelievable like he was for yep. Mark McVay. But I'm not sure at Essendon. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about Geelong and whether yeah. they'd be interested. I know that they've just won the premiership and their coaching department is about as good as you can get. But... They did have a role for Ross Lyon as well, mm. so I thought they, they offered Ross a role. And basically it was a role that Ross, you know, they put it to him, and what role do you think would serve you best? I, I feel like James Hurd would be an amazing fit at Geelong. I think Daisy Pearce is going to go in there as well. So they're always looking to get better. The Cats, maybe that's the home, but we'll wait and see. 
Uh, and this is a good text, and I want to get some audio from Damien Barrett yesterday who spoke on the late trade, just about Brad Scott's intel in terms of mm. all the other clubs, what players have been paid and privy to information that other senior coaches aren't, and perhaps that was an attraction for Essendon. So I'm reading that text there just asking about Brad Scott's intel into other clubs. We'll hear from Damien Barrett on the late trade about that. Uh, on the other side of this, we are up and running. It's Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio. Um, and you can get involved on one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. In fact, we've got lines available right now. We've got a window if you want to have your say. We can take a few of your calls on the other side of this. So we'll come back, and you can have your say after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Yeah, well, there's plenty of news around. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. The biggest news of the day is that Brad Scott has been announced as the new Essendon coach. Now, Essendon chairman David Barham said it was clear the club required a strong leader. Brad's track record as a player, coach and administrator demonstrated this. Uh, at age 46, Brad's had, Brad has an incredible resume with a diverse range of roles and the experience figure the club required uh, David Barham and Brad Scott to speak today at a media conference at about 11.30 Melbourne time this morning. Uh, Lordo, it was best and fairest season in full swing last night. There was three clubs that held theirs. So let's go to Sydney. Co-captain Callum Mills won his first Bob Skilton medal. Uh, he polled 662 votes ahead of Chad Warner, who had a breakout season. He was in second and Rowbottom was solid as well. What did you make of... Sydney's best and fairest results and an outstanding season from Callum Mills. Just had a good look at it uh, overnight, Kane, at, at what happens and how you can build a list in this period. So through the trade and through the draft and, and Sydney's really, you know, it's exciting. You know, they, they, they had a poor grand final, but you look at it, you know, Callum Mills, he was a Swans Academy player. So he went at, at uh, he was about the equivalent of, top, he was a top three pick. So they got yep. pretty lucky there. But Chad Warner picked 39 in 2019. Yeah, come second. So fantastic. Kinnear Beatson, if you could get out yeah. there and try and attract someone. He's been so good for so long. Actually, when I got to the Western Jets, Kane, he was the footy head of footy at the Western Jets when I was a 15-year-old. That long ago. Yeah, so that's where he yeah. started his career. Uh, and then he got a break and then ended up uh, at the Brisbane Lions where he you know, put together the, the flags of 2001, 2 and 3. And then he's been amazing for the Sydney Swans. At, at pick uh, third in the best and fairest, James Rowbottom. So pick 25 in mm. 2018, the type of player that the Swans like. Uh, Parker went at pick 40 in 2010. Isaac Henney was a Swans Academy pick fifth. Tom McCartan picked 33 in 2017. He came sixth. Errol Goulden was a, an Academy player. Yep. Um, Lloyd uh, was a rookie listed player. Uh, Dane Rampey, a rookie listed player, and Florent, who went at pick 11 in 2016. So amazing uh, the way they put that list together, Arcane. Uh, it is, uh, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, we, we, we focus on the top picks and we speak mm. a lot about top 10 picks, but it's more important to nail those ones. I think that's when the recruiters do the mm. work because I think most recruiters have similar sort of draft boards from 1 to 15, but when you're getting players like 
Tom McCartan with pick 33 and Warner at 39 and Robot at 25. That's where you're earning your money. Uh, over at Adelaide, Rory Laird won his third Malcolm mm. Blight medal. Now, that puts him in rare air, really. Now, not as um, successful of the others that have won three best and fairest, but I think McLeod's won three, Rashudo's won three, and a couple of those massive Adelaide names. So he won his third. Jordan Dawson, close second, had a terrific season in his first year in Adelaide Colours, and Ben Keyes has become one of the more consistent players in the, in um, Adelaide over the last couple of years. So Laird is the fourth Crow to win three club champions, thanks to the fellas back there reminding me about this. So Rashudo, McLeod, and Simon Goodwin are the other three. And we touched on Geelong, Jeremy Cameron and Cam Guthrie tied for the best and fairest honours. And it's probably one of the most significant awards you can win is a best and fairest in a premiership year. You can have your say on any of that, but that was the news for Beaumont Tiles. Our number is one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. And Scott's been waiting patiently. Hello, Scott. Wondering about the Dugowie situation whether Collingwood could actually make him captain. Now, it would be a risky move, but you've got Pendle <laughs> and a good coach behind him. You yeah. won't need the clause. I, be- I believe he'll actually rise to the occasion with that support around him. It is risky. The boys will follow him like Wayne Carey was followed. Um, they'll go in a battle with him. Um, it's like Toby Green, I guess. They're the, they're the best players. If, if they lose the goalie, they are not top eight. They are done, finished. Um, so so you'd was, make, you, would you make him captain, Scotty? Absolutely. And Toby Green, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm with you on Toby Green. Uh, I, haven't got your, I haven't got your comedy glasses on with, with Jordan Ngoi, but I appreciate your call. If you want to join in and have your say, we'll take all sorts of calls. Uh, this one on Jordan Ngoi off the text machine. Surely Ngoi's worth is inflated due to him playing for his contract towards the end of the season. Surely he slips back to averageness when he signs five years at 800. Well, I'm, hmm. it's one of my observations, Lordo, that uh, the, the, the most tricky time for a club is when they've just signed a player to a long-term deal and that complacency comes in. Now, not every player. Hmm. Some players don't need the, the carrot of, of, of doing that. But once you have that security, you know you're going to get paid regardless. A lot of players' performance slips and we've seen that over the journey. No doubt, Kane. Uh, yeah, he's one of those types that... Yeah, seems like he's one that plays on the edge and plays well when he's out of contract. Uh, Jake Stringer's one of those guys that you you put in that category as well. That uh, yeah, and then as you get older, some players like to play for one year deals because they feel like it keeps them on the edge, it keeps them hungry, uh, no complacency. So uh, you look at a guy like Isaac Smith and and these guys. Isaac's been good for a long time, but mm. they're fighting for their career uh, every year as they get to thirty years of age, and and sometimes. Yeah, if, if you could do it with 22, 23, 24-year-olds who aren't the most professional guys, you wish you could keep them on those one-year deals uh, to keep them hungry and get the best out of them. But unfortunately, you can't because they've got other other takers wanting to get them. As Senator Tex, and I heard you and Sammy speaking about this yesterday morning, Lordo, you had a little segment called Grass is Greener yeah. where you know some players be looking for another opportunity. Would Geelong look to trade Radigalia or Sam Menegola Lord Owen, I know you mentioned Radagalia yesterday with Sammy and you both mm. thought perhaps a change of scenery would be good for him. Well, the Giants really struggle for big men. So they, they've had so many guys come through the doors and Tanner Bruin is, is a, a player who's looking to get to, to Geelong. And you just wonder whether uh, Radagalia potentially could look for, for a change. Uh, just wonder whose spot he's going to take at Geelong. So De Koning, I think they, they looked at him as a key back. They played him against the West Coast Eagles. Late in the year, he had a good game. 
mm. uh, when, when I think they rested somebody. So, but he was the next player out. So I think that's the role they're looking at him for. But uh, I'm not sure how, how they because Collar Jasney and these guys play above their height and and they've got that mobility that Radaglia probably hasn't got. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether he, he fights it out and stays or, or he looks for a new home. Well, we had Chris Davies on from Port Adelaide a, a few days ago and he was terrific with his honesty. He said Port Adelaide are going to be really aggressive. The first question I asked him was, how are you going to strengthen up your key backs? Mm. They're, they're so undersized. They've got yeah. Mackenzie there who's undersized. Cleary's undersized. Jonas is undersized. And Alia has played that intercept role before moving to the best four. Radagalia mm. would be someone that Port Adelaide should absolutely be into, 197 centimetres, and just say, look, this this is your spot. I think yeah. those players that are versatile, get thrown all over the place, forward, ruck, back, struggle with that. And that's what they did with Aaliyah. Aaliyah was similar at Sydney. He'd been ruck, he'd been a little bit forward, he'd been back, and made that position as, a, as an All-Australian centre-half back his own. So I'd love to see those two team up. Wouldn't cost you much to get him, but... That would absolutely be a like name that I'd be interested in if I was Port Adelaide. Might be like the Paddy McCartan of 2023 because mm. no one could have seen this time last year that Paddy McCartan could play key back in a grand final side, could they? And you just wonder no. if Radaglia's got power, he's got talent. So that, that that's that's a great call about what you do at this time of year, the the list bosses to say, okay, look, why, why can't we get this player at bargain basement to come and play that role for us? And just on Port Adelaide, the latest out of there with, with Jack Graham, they're really impressed by the meeting they had. They're really impressed by his character. That shouldn't surprise anyone. I uh, feel like they made some some ground with him, um, but clearly he's got a big decision to make and they're expecting that decision to be made in the next two to three days. So Port Adelaide being one of those clubs really active and they may have some some other things that they're into that haven't yet been reported as well. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. This is the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. We'll take some of your calls on the other side of this. And I don't usually do a volcano on the uh, <laughs> on trade radio, Lordo, but I might break the mould. Might have one. Mm. Is that... Yeah, no, Is that against protocol? No, it's, or? Not, it's not. You, it's been put to. It can't be put to bed for six months. So we. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm missing. I'm missing it already. It's about to. Uh, the volcano might erupt this morning at mm. some point in the next <laughs> uh, 75 minutes, uh, and you can have your say on that. We've got Lordo's list to come, and heaps of your calls. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. If I was for Henley Homes, build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to 70% on your energy bills. If I was, it's for Henley Homes. Buy a Henley completed home and move in now. Lord, I was really interested reading the AFL Players Association survey, which some of those details have become public and each player is is uh, interviewed about um, how their club supports them in relation to adequate time for study and additional work placements. Uh, do they allow the, cl- the player time for leisure, family and other important relationships? Do they take their off-field development seriously, etc.? And what it has found is that the clubs that essentially are at the top of the ladder um, are the ones that rank best. But if I was another club, particularly a young club. So if I was Adelaide, if I was Hawthorne, if I was North Melbourne, if I was Gold Coast, 
I'd be very careful copying the Geelong model. Now, Geelong is famous for encouraging its players to have time away from the club, train hard, but don't train long, and then get out of there. In fact, Patrick Dangerfield said to the Herald Sun, when you come into the building, you get better, and then you can go home. Now, that's great when you've got a 11 players over 30, and they've got the hardness and the physicality, and I guess the maturity to come in, know exactly what they have to achieve at training, um, you know, be really strong on the track and then go home. I think it's a different story, though, if you're a young club. I hope other clubs aren't going, okay, well, the, the less we train, the better. And I think there's the risk to do that when you look at the success Geelong have had. So particularly for young clubs, I think it's really important that the players still train hard, still hang around each other, still go through the development that perhaps clubs like Geelong don't need. Did you have a look at it, Lordo, and... and do you think there's any correlation to, between those clubs that really trust their players and allow them the time away from the club to, to having that success? It's an interesting one, Kane, because I, I know that in the latter part of my career, the, the amount of dead time I was spending around the club, like, and everyone yeah. in roles, there were so many new roles that were coming in that just felt like everyone was justifying their role and needing to have a piece of the players and their time. So... Yeah, often you were. Oh, I had two hours in between things, and I was just hanging mm. around when I could have been off doing other things. Uh, and and so yeah, it was a full, full days. So it was just full days at the club. Uh, you know, so, which I thought to myself. And then uh, I remember Bomber Thompson came into Western from the Geelong model and said, "No meeting will go longer than half an hour. Uh, that that's a rule." And so mm-hmm. the players just absolutely loved it uh, because of you know they didn't have to sit there any longer than they needed to be. So. I still still think clubs could be smarter to have the players enjoying their time more because you know, I've openly said I didn't enjoy a lot of aspects of of my career because uh, you know I was so uptight about my body I was so uptight mm. about performance so anything that can help you handle the pressures of AFL football is a good thing uh, so I think clubs can be smarter with their time so th- just because you're younger doesn't mean you have to spend more. Oh, you, you do need to be there longer to educate yourself, but at the same yep. time, some clubs are smarter than others with how they manage their players. Mm. Mm, that, that's there what you I'm go. Saying, yeah. That was for Henley Holmes by Henley completed home and moving. Now, if you were Brad Scott, yeah. Lordo, is there is there something that you would do yes. first up? So if I was Brad Scott, uh, number one, I'd, I'd be looking at the way, and you can't, and it's a copycat industry, and he'll want to do his own thing. But how Geelong defend and Essendon are the worst. So you've got what a person he's got there to talk and bounce off. You know, the most informed coach yeah. who is an unbelievable defensive coach. So Essendon have had the worst defence. Uh, just terrible, terrible the way they get opened up. So I'll be talking to, you know, he's got his own views and he's watched a lot of footy, but you've got someone in Chris he can bounce off in that regard. I also looked at the Geelong midfield. And if I was Brad Scott, I'd go, is Shield, Parish, and Merritt going to take me where it needs me to take me or are they too, yep. too small? So could I look at one of those guys in the trade period and go, do I need Darcy Parrish? Because we've, we've locked away with... So Merit, the mix is wrong. The, the mix, mix is wrong. wrong isn't it? Yeah. There's, so, two, there, there's no doubt they need bigger bodies bigger through that So they've got Jai Caldwell who improved as the year went on and he actually, when they won some games, he was actually running with players and, mm. and then also hurting them on the way there. Kyle Langford has a you know, bad run with injuries, but you know, can we get him super fit, strong, powerful? Um, you know, Jake Stringer, if I get him fit, what role does he play? So I'd change the whole dynamic of the Essendon midfield to to not make them... You know, the way you see grand finals won, 
would be alarming for me if I'm Brad Scott to go, we can't go mm. with that mix of mm. Paris Shield and Merritt in that midfield, Kane. Oh, I love it. That's mm. why we've got you. If you were, what would you do? What's the first move you'd make if you were Brad Scott for Henley Homes? Buy a Henley completed home now and move in. This is the early trade for Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Uh, we'll come back, actually. Going to speak to Cow Toomey. I want to grill him on his top five to eight prospects in this draft. And if you're a club with a draft position in that range, what sort of player will you get? So afl.com.au guru Kautumi after this. Welcome back to the um, trade. You've you can hear me, Lord. Yeah, I have. Yep. All sorts of programs. So we'll um, we'll try and push through as best as we can until the guru's back in the studio sorted out. But I think Kautumi's with you and you might be able to introduce the guru from afl.com.au. He's not here just yet, Okay, Kano, all right, so, I got yeah. you now. I got you now. We're you sorted. Me. We're sorted now. So we'll get him... We'll get him up shortly. In the meantime, we've been working furiously behind the scenes to come up with a little bit of an intro to a segment that I do regularly on the Sunday Footy Show, and I'm bringing it to Trade Radio this morning. It's time for the volcano. He's a volcano when he wants to be. Kane Corns. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to you, Johnny. So all the talk's been about Gold Coast and this salary dump situation. We all get our heads around it as much as it's difficult to get your heads around but I did hear Tony Cochran speaking on your station, 3AW uh, Lordo, during the week about why they're saving their pennies. Firstly, let's have a listen to the chairman of the Gold Coast Suns. We're talking to the greatest young talents ever. They're both fabulous mates, which is why we worked so hard to get them together. They have fitted in superbly at the Gold Coast Suns. And can I say it's a Gold Coast lifestyle. Uh, they've got a lot of mates up here that they're playing with. Uh, they are truly heart and soul players around the club, like like a Toot Miller. Um, so, yes, uh, we are very much setting ourselves up to ensure that uh, we not only keep those two, but we keep a, a bunch of others who uh, we really, really um, think are part of what we're going to take forward into a top final side. So what it says to me is that they're going to overpay once again, so in particular, I'm, I'm focused on Matt Rowe, who we all all love and admire and really appreciate the way that he plays his football. But in terms of saving your pennies for one of the greatest talents ever, I, I don't see it. And maybe I'm watching, maybe I'm watching the wrong things here. But I wouldn't be paying Matt Rowe any more than five hundred thousand dollars a year on performance, Lordo. And I know they've been forced to overpay their players to keep them, but. In terms of what he's delivered so far, and he's, he's a young player, he's you know, 21, 22 years of age, as a midfielder, I'm not sure Matt Rowe gets a game at Geelong. Is that is that harsh? Would, would Matt Rowe get a game at Geelong? And Tony Cochran's talking about one of the greatest talents ever, and they're get, freeing up salary cap mm. space to keep him. I can understand the point you're making on not paying him more than 500. I, I agree with that on what he's put out there so far at AFL level. I think... It, in and around Salwood and those players, yes, I think he'd, he'd get a game because he'd blossom and he'd be even better. He'd be a better player for for being in that Geelong system and, and he'd force his way into that team. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's... Uh, yeah, what they pay him and, and how he performs, he's an interesting one because we've seen mm. Cripp, Cripps have his moments where he's got lost in, do I go big, do I go skinny, uh, lighter... Uh, and he's lost his way by how effective is he? Even Lee Matthews said he looks like a journeyman. Well, Matthew Rowles had moments where you go, okay, what is he? Is, can he be dynamic? Can he break out and win his own uncontested ball? Those types of things. So I think what they'd fall in love with Matty Rowell is 
what he is as a person. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not uh, – but there's been some amazing footballers that are, uh, you know, amazing people, but yeah. hasn't quite translated onto the field. So I'm not I'm, – this isn't a criticism of, of Matt Rowe. It's a criticism of Tony Cochran. If I'm Matt Rowe's manager and I'm listening to the chairman go, oh, hang on, he's saying that I'm one of the greatest talents ever. Mm. Uh, he can pay us what – what we like, but on performance, once again, I feel like Gold Coast are going to get sucked in on paying for potential rather than performance. And I just wonder where his strengths in the game mm. are going to be because he's not he's not 193 centimetres like Patrick Cripps. He's 178. He's not a goal kicker. He's, he's kicked four goals in the last two seasons. He wins a lot of contested footy and he's, he's a big tackler, but so is Tom Mitchell. You know, so is James Warple. I just mm. wonder and have concerns about what Matt Rowe's strength is going to be to be an elite AFL midfielder. That, that's all yep. I'm saying on this, and I wouldn't overpay him on, on what he's delivered so far. one three hundred seven. sorry, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. if you want to have your say. And that's, that's a good point you make because there's, seeing the situation that both the Giants and the Suns are in, like it's, they're in horrible situations from overpaying players and for the Suns they haven't even played a final yet so they've they've got to probably both of them have got to get to a point and go where's it even taken us it hasn't mm. won us a premiership yes the Giants have had a pretty good success in getting there and have had really good players for them but it hasn't taken them to the ultimate so when they've got to take a step back which it looks like the Suns are doing like <laughs> I don't think they've caught probably the scrutiny for that they're actually paying mm. giving up pick seven for somebody to take away a, a a young player and 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 Geelong may well be that club that the grand finalist gets pick seven and Jack Bowes, say, yeah. like they're, they're offering up pick seven for someone to take a player like that's, I've never really seen anything like it. Well, it's unheard of, yeah. and they're going to argue with Adelaide over pick five for mm. Isaac Rankin, so they're going to get pick five in and they're going to give pick seven out. Yeah. So it essentially cancels itself out with with Bowes and seven going out, and you get what you get for. Rank and it doesn't make any sense. And just listening to Tony Cochran there, it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of idea of actually what his players have delivered on field. And, and I'm not sure Gold Coast have had their best and fairest, but I'd, I'd you know I'd be interested to see where Matt Rao does finish in the best and fairest. Noah Anderson is a little bit different because he's, he's unique and he does have the runs on the board. He has the performance and he's got the upside that I'm not sure Matt Rao has, but I've been concerned about him for a while. Others aren't. Um, but you can have your say. Uh, I did mention Damien Barrett speaking about Brad Scott uh, on the late trade yesterday and the intel that he may bring to Essendon and that he has of other clubs. Let's have a listen. His level of exposure to the footy clubs um, from from the very next season, 2020, when he worked under Stephen Hawking at the AFL, there's no one better to work under in any form of football than Stephen Hawking. He obviously helped Stephen Hawking formulate the, the rules that ultimately made the game a better spectacle this year. He's um he's well connected. He's well respected. He, he's tapped in in the past two years to all the footy clubs. And, and while he was doing that for the for the role he had as as head of football at the AFL, um, clearly he was able to get the the spin off bonus of that of being able to access a lot of other clubs' systems and, and intel. So yeah, I, I would I would argue that he's you know gained from from being outside the coaching system in the role that he's had in the in the time that he has been outside the, the system and you think you get a, a far more rounded person. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. I'm not sure how that helps Essendon, um, but it may give them some insight. The, the thing I did, I saw Brad Scott. He actually came across to South Australia for the McGarry Medal and, and Hall of Fame dinner. I had a good chat to him. The thing that I liked about him was his understanding of the way that the sort of the media cycle works and everything involved in that aspect as well. And he, I said to him, you know, 
sorry if I've said something that's um, you haven't agreed with or that you've you've disagreed. With. He said he said, look, I, I don't actually really care what you say as long as you're respectful about it and as long as you state your case, which you do. The thing I care about is that people are talking about AFL football mm. and the, the 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 you know that that we're in the news. So and I was quite critical of the stand rule, being critical of the. Um, the descent rule this year and the 10 metre protected zone. He said, I actually enjoy it when people have debates about the state of the game. Same with the tribunal. So he understands that aspect of it. And I think he's quite mature about that. And that's something that you probably learn with time. I'm assuming initially people in those significant roles at the AFL get quite defensive of their role in and around it. Just having some issues with our phone line system. We'll get Cow Toomey up shortly as we sort that out back in the studio. So why don't we do... Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, This goes nuts. Each and every time on Trade Radio, you can make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, Lordo, I missed yesterday's. Oh no, I did. I did see yes. yesterday's top five captains. Captains, which you uh, you would have Selwood at one. I'd have Selwood yeah. one. Yeah, would so yeah. that was good. Yeah, good debate. Like uh, of my, you do a list like that. I reckon I've had five hundred messages on. Uh, Some were thought of Trent Cochin, for example, should have yep. been. How's Cochin not in the five when he's won three premierships? But uh, I love Scotty Pendlebury. I had Scotty Pendlebury mm. at at five with the way he plays, despite not being a premiership captain. So. It's uh, great about yeah. this game. We'll so you had different opinions. James Hurd and Michael Voss, Scott Pendlebury, Joel Selwood. And Hodge. And Luke Hodge, of course. Yeah. What's the topic of uh, the list today? So the topic today is just looking at uh, Brad Scott, uh, you know, being a second time around coach. So having a look at the most successful coaches who have at their you know, second time around. Second Love time. Because I look at sometimes that, you know, top eight coaches this year, like some are saying, oh, do you look for the next Alistair Clarkson? Or do you go for Alistair Clarkson? So that's mm. where I'm really interested in. Like, was we'll never know. We'll see how Adam Uze goes. Hopefully, Adam gets a job. But that's what I was often asking myself. Do you look at could Adam Uze be the next uh, Simon Goodwin, who's a premiership coach, or or the next Adam Simpson, who becomes a premiership coach? Yeah, Craig McRae. Go, Craig McRae. Or do you go back? So I just looked at it because a lot of them don't work. So I just looked at the best, and this is a tricky one to put into an order because some of these guys go back in time in terms of where they're at. So at number five, I've got David Parkin, who won a Hawthorne Premiership in 1978. Then he's gone and won uh, Blues Flags in 81 and 82. And then he's gone again and uh, had coached in 1995, a Premiership. So it's amazing over the decades that he just kept coming back and winning Premierships and how you have to evolve. What a great footy person. Yeah, great footy person. So this is where I'm nervous, Kona, because this guy could Mm -hmm. well be number one. Number one, but uh, Ronnie Barassi, Ron Barassi, uh, so he yep. he he uh, won two flags at Carlton, and then later on in his time won the first two premierships for North Melbourne. Ron Barassi, so he may well be number one. So I'm very cautious of putting these in five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Uh, number three, I love the story of Malcolm Blight because he just kept knocking on the door at Geelong, four losing grand finals, uh, all out attack. You, we kick more goals, we win. Yeah. <laughs> But he, he still win. talks about that he today. Still, does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what he did for the Adelaide Crows, Kano. Oh, I was just 
amazing, really, in his own unique way. And and to still have the level of confidence that he had after those losses that you mentioned, mm. uh, absolutely, you know, really hard taskmaster. I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I don't think he would shy away from that. And um, but the instant respect that he had walking in after sort of dad coached the first four mm. years, then Robert Shaw came in for a couple of years at Adelaide, and it didn't work, and they were looking for that. So. To win a premiership as quickly as what Adelaide did, mm. you know, seven years into their existence, when you look at the struggles that Gold Coast and the Giants and Fremantle have had, that's an extraordinary story what he did and then to win one the year after. So, yeah, just an amazing footy person, Blighty. Uh, this one at number two, a, a little bit of Brad Scott in this one where Mickey Malthouse cut his teeth at the Footscray Football Club. Yep. Where under-resourced, uh, like Brad Scott would have been at North Melbourne. And I reckon Brad Scott would have always wanted, what, how would I go at a more recessed source club? Could I be, have been a better coach? I took my side to prelims at North. Mm. And now Mickey Malthouse then went to the West Coast Eagles, where you go from Footscray, where you haven't got a lot, to West Coast, where you've got everything. And he, he won flags to the 92, 94, and then goes to Collingwood. Yeah. So to win flags in 92, 94, and then 2010, Amazing, like like Kevin Sheedy. I, I saw Sheeds evolve so many times over that period, and then at number one, I've got Lee Matthews yes, for his ability favorite. to yeah, nineteen ninety to to win a flag at Collingwood. He was he was done. He says I was done, and mm. it, he, I think he might have said a a deal came to me at at Brisbane that I couldn't knock back. So that was generally <laughs> why Lee came back into coaching, uh, and then yeah, two thousand and one, two thousand and two, two thousand and three wins premierships came. So as I said, that, that order could be way out. So I'm conscious. Um, I'm really, yeah, aware don't, of, don't yeah. necessarily worry about the order. Yeah. People will disagree. It's yeah. hard to pick fault with the five names that yeah. you've got there. So Lordy's list, the coaches that have had that success second or third time around, David Park and Ron Barassi, Malcolm Blight, uh, Mickey Malthouse and Lee Matthews make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all new Ford Ranger. I don't think there's any doubt that Brad Scott will be saying that. Oh, mm. I think Brad Scott will be going, and I, I had to do so many other extra roles that perhaps mm. a senior coach shouldn't be doing at North Melbourne. And, and if I can delegate those roles to a well-resourced club, look at the facilities you're going to be walking into at the Bombers. Not to say it won't be easy, but I, I think that definitely would have played a part in, in why I would have taken the opportunity as well as you know, seeing what Chris has done recently. Okay, now, could I just... Uh, a mate of mine, uh, Sean, sent me a text around your volcano. Mm. And he, he, he was he's a mad Bulldogs man. He spoke around uh, Liberatore's speech at the Best and Fairest. And Liber spoke about, in his speech, that they've had to work hard over this last off-season about how he can be a more offensive threat and how this year he kicked nine goals, which he had never done before in, in a season. I know it's not a lot, but yeah. he's what he's working at. And he got his disposals up from around 17, 18 to 25 mm. to be more damaging. So that that's uh, exactly where what we're getting at with Matty Rao. Yeah, it's a good point, Sean. And he's been able to to go forward at least yeah. and play that high half forward role that we haven't seen with Matty Rao, who just kicked the two goals this year. Uh, this person agrees. Said I'm a Sun supporter. I feel these players will also be the first to request a trade if we win a premiership. But with Matt Rao, says Mark, the first games of his career are the best of anyone to play the game in the modern era. Matt Rao is coming off a PCL which most players take some time. That, yeah, that was a while ago now, though, Mark, and I, I think we reflect back significantly on three games of football, uh, more so over the course of what he's done so far. Would love for you to have your say, though. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We're up and running now. Kao Toomey, the AFL guru, 
is going to join us. And if you've got a question, because a lot of you draft watchers out there, your club may have a, a really nice draft position. You're wondering who they might select. You can send that through 0419187323. Lordo's list, David Parkin, Ron Barassi, Malcolm Blight, Mick Molehouse, Lee Matthews. We love it. It's Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Uh, looking forward to the free agency window opening this morning at 9 o'clock. There'll be plenty happening right throughout the day on Trade Radio. But you are listening to the early traders for Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au, a man who dominates at this time of the year. And to be fair, right throughout the year is AFL.com.au. Guru Kao Tumi. Kao, thanks for joining us again. Good morning, Kane. Good morning, Lordy. How are you guys? I was good. I was just having a think. It's about time we got you on because a lot of questions about the draft and it's really important when you're looking to trade picks because it's not picks really. It's access to the best young talent in the draft. How do you view it uh, from a strength perspective, this draft class, Cal? It's an interesting draft. I mean, we are lucky that we've got to see this year's draft for the first time You know, in a couple of years in full. We'll get to to work across this season. I think they've... um, lost, obviously, an under-16s campaign, an under-17s campaign that has um, maybe led to a little bit of uncertainty maybe around this year's pool that might not have otherwise been the case had they played the last couple of years. But I do feel like the the top end has some some genuine A-grade talent. And and after the first 10 or so, I think we're going to see a a very different view from clubs on, on how certain players are ranked and what they could look like, which, of course, leads to that evenness beyond the, the top echelon, which, you know, it happens at different stages. Sometimes the draft class goes a little bit deeper. Sometimes that talent is spread a little bit further into the first round. But I feel like this year's top end is really strong. And then we're going to see a number of clubs uh, go in different ways, I feel, on draft night. Cal, after Ashcroft, Will Ashcroft, is there a clear best player in the country, you think, uh, who who all the clubs at university say he's the next best? No, I don't think there is, Lordy. And, and that's what's making it interesting. And that's partly why North Melbourne is open to offers for pick one and also West Coast has put pick two on the table to see if they can split that selection as well. So the same reason clubs are willing to, to sell the top pick are the same reason some clubs might not be wanting to move up. In saying that, though, I do think that if George Wardlaw had played across this year um, without those hamstring injuries in the second half of the season that there's every chance he would be close to a unanimous number number two behind Ashcroft and potentially even jump Ashcroft because um, what we saw from him across the first half of the season with some of his big game performances as a midfielder and, and player who can go forward um, were really exciting. I, I view Elijah Sardis really, really highly. I think he's a contender um, for that that top pick as well, another player who had some injuries as well, which which might have sort of interrupted his run, but would be right around the uh, top rung of the draft. Um, Harry Sheasel is in that conversation as well as a, a medium half forward who's kicked nearly 40 goals in the NAB League this year and is as classy as anyone in the draft pool. And Aaron Cadman, I feel, as the best key forward in it, is among that top group as well. So there isn't, I don't think, a unanimous sort of pick behind Ashcroft. Um, but that's kind of what makes it exciting as well for those clubs right at the top rungs of the draft. So, Cal, we're getting text messages as we speak here, like there's a mad Carlton fan saying, who, who are we likely to target at pick 10? Have you got any clubs who you know are sort of already like a certain type of player that they want within that first five, six, seven selections? 
<laughs> to some degree. I mean, I feel like um, there's, they're starting to sort of push through some of those um, those murmurs about who could be on the radar of different clubs. I feel like we get a lot more um, stronger information around that um, past the, the trade period because I, I do think we're going to see a shuffling of picks anywhere from pick 7 to 13 that um, will change who's pushing up the order and, and then who can edge up a little bit further throughout the, the trade window that comes after the trade period where clubs are able to swap picks and, and do those type of things. But there's no doubt that um, Bailey Humphrey is a player who um, has really come from the clouds in the second half of the season and a lot of clubs inside that top ten are looking at him. He's a Gippsland power forward midfielder who reminds me a little bit of Isaac Heaney. He's got some real traits. I've named him today at number six in my... Um, Phantom form guide for September. That's that's my version of your Lordy's list. Lordy. <laughs> um, a little bit longer than the, the top thirty, but um, Bailey Humphrey there um, is a player who's definitely rocketed into the ranks right at the top rungs of the draft. And I think you might have been at the, the preliminary final yes. a couple of weeks ago, Lordy. Um, he had a quieter day that day for, for Gippsland Power, mm. but um, did some exciting things last week for Vic Country upon his return from injury. With the addition of uh, you know trading for future picks over recent years, Cal, well, what's next year's crop look like? And are there some clubs positioning themselves to be in a strong position next year? They may trade out of this year's draft. Well, I think that's a part of what's going on at the moment, Kane, for sure. I, I definitely feel like clubs are seeing if they can invest more in next year's group than than this year's, particularly around that second to um, you know that second round type of part of the draft, that 15 to potentially 35 part of the draft. The depth of next year looks already really good. Now I know the grass is always greener, younger brothers mm. always better. We always say the same thing, but there is a really exciting group that we've seen play at under 17 level this year, and also a lot of under 17 year olds or 17 year olds have played at Vic Metro and Vic Country, and also national championships level this year. There's a guy called Harley Reid who. I think if he was in this year's draft pool, he would be challenging for the number one pick, even a year out, just as a 17-year-old. He's that good. There's the shades of Dustin Martin to what he's done as a bottom major. He's playing all parts of the ground, and uh, he's really excited. Nick, the Wizard Watson, the, the small forward who does it all, he's going to be a really interesting one to watch next year. Zane Dersma, the younger brother of Xavier, is uh, is an exciting talent up forward. Ashton Moyer from South Australia. Glenelg kicked 30 goals in 10 under-18 games, and kicks as well on his left and right, something like Jason Amanis style in how he can do that. So uh, there's some exciting players that we've seen already. And you're right, Kane, that definitely shapes how clubs are viewing the trade period. It, it has a big say in what's coming ahead and, and what's coming through because I think clubs are definitely looking to invest in next year's pool if they can. And I wanted to get your thoughts on GWS. So currently pick three in this year's draft. Now they're asking for two first round draft picks for Taranto and Hopper. So just say if they were able to pull that off, and I know that may be a, a bit optimistic, but three plus four more first round draft picks. What do you expect them to do um, in this year's trade period and draft? Yeah, well, there are every chance to have, as you say, three, 12, 19, 21, um, and a future first or two future first picks, so yeah. they're in a really strong position. I think, and I think if they, they if they are a club that is really set on a certain player and is so confident that they want a certain player, that I think that they should actually go to North Melbourne and see if a, a deal can be arranged just to make sure of it because they've got so many picks. And that could be, you know, do they look at a key forward this year? Um, they've taken midfielders with their, those early picks in the past. Finn Callahan, I think, is going to be a star. We haven't seen much of him out of last year's draft, but he's got some real star qualities. Do they look at Cadman? 
and say to North Melbourne, let's, let's see if we can get up to pick one and, and make a certainty off it. Um, but I think that they are going to look to spread their picks over a couple of years. So, of course, Tanner Bruins, you know, uh, set to go to Geelong as well. So they'd be targeting a pick. I think more likely probably for, for next year in the, in the first round as well from the Cats. So, yeah, I, I think that Cadman um, would be a good fit for their mix. I think Harry Sheezer would be a good fit for their mix as a forward. Um, he sort of idolises... Um, Toby Green is actually coming in to have a chat with us today on our trade exchange hour from 12 to 1. And, yeah, he's an exciting player. As I said before, as classy as anyone and would would kick goals from day one at AFL level. So there's a little bit of Stevie Johnson about the way he plays, I think. So um, those are a couple of guys who could add a point of difference for what uh, the Giants could add. So you've got Ashcroft, who's going to Brisbane, ranked at number one, and you've got Adrian Fletcher's son, Jasper, ranked at number 16 in your latest rankings, Cal. So how hard do they have to work now, the Lions, to to secure points to, to manage this? Yeah, they do. They have, they have a lot of work to do. It's, it's a good problem to have, as everyone says. It's, a, it's um, ideal that they want to get Josh Dunkley in. Look, they, the Bulldogs going to drive a hard bargain because he's the best and fairest winner and he's a seven-year player, not a free agent. And if he walked to the preseason draft, I'm sure a couple of other clubs would take Josh Dunkley before Brisbane had their selection. So that adds some complexity to what the Lions are trying to do. I think that they'll be able to do it, that you're always able to go into a points deficit if you you have to. Um, They've got their future first round selection that other clubs are going to be eyeing off. So that does give them some ability to trade that for multiple selections potentially in the second round this year. And Gold Coast have a stack of those. Would Gold Coast be a potential swapping partner to, to do that, to load up on points and, and give you enough to, to match a bit on Ashcroft? And maybe then you just go into deficit for Fletcher. Look, I've got Jasper Fletcher about number 16. Sometimes some of those um, father-sons who aren't the very best five or ten players can sometimes slide a couple of spots out um, on draft time once the bids come, which uh, which has happened in the past. But uh, I think they'll be able to do it. And if you go into a points deficit, that that, that is okay because they're, they're going so hard at the here and now for the for the Lions. And, and Ashcroft and Fletcher are really, really good players. Ashcroft in particular will, will start from day one. And I think Jasper Fletcher will make an impact for the Lions next year on a wing as well. He's a, he's a glider, Lloyd. He, mm. he uses the ball really well. He's pretty smooth when he's got it in his hands and and just looks comfortable um, out there on the footy field. So uh, I think I think they'll be able to do it, and it's just going to take some work. Cow, I wanted to get you on this morning. I appreciate you answering the call at late notice. So trade exchange back from 11 to 12 with Riley this afternoon? Yeah, we've got uh, Justin Reid, the Adelaide list boss, on Ooh. the show today, and also Nick Geishan and... Harry Sheasel. Any from, chance uh, you could sport. share so, these guests around? Or are you just gonna, you, any chance we can share <laughs> these around? Are you just going to monopolise all the guests, are you? <laughs> uh, they pick where they want to come on. Gee <laughs> uh, whiz. All right. Well, look forward to tuning in. There'll be a fair bit to get through in that hour. And if you want to read Kautumi's latest Phantom Form Guide, you can do so at afl.com.au to see where he ranks the most elite players. He's got George Wardlaw at number two, clearly, uh, Will Ashcroft at number one, Lord. Oh, I'm in there scared of you, Kane. That's why we're they, not getting anyone on between be. seven and nine. Do you reckon it's my fault? I think it's. Or you. is it a bit earlier? They still in bed. Uh, a bit of that, but I reckon you've probably nailed every single one of them along the way. 
in the last four or five years. Well, surely That's why we love you, Kane. Surely they are strong enough to come on and debate if they've got any issues with us and Mm. and be prepared to answer the hard questions is what I would say. So we keep getting uh, messages through about Ollie Hollands, the brother of the Gold Coast Hollands. So what I'll say about you, and you'll love this, Kano, because uh, we're allowed to tag in the APS, the private school system. You're not allowed to do it in NAVLEAGUE. Right. Yeah, so... yeah, you're not allowed to have... You've got time for another volcano or not? Yeah, probably, yeah, <laughs> we should be. It should be. And there is talk that maybe these rules at NAB League will come into the private school system. And that would hurt because I love, I love tagging guys. No and, skin folds at the draft yeah, camp, yeah, no uh, tagging. What are we setting these players yeah, up for? I know, I know. And, and some so of them, tell me about him. What he did was the fight that he showed to fight through all day and be, and and I'll watch vision of him against the teams we're about to play, uh, you know, who've played them before us. He plays for Geelong Grammar, Ollie Hollands, and his fight through tagging with the tag was enormous. Like I'm talking mm. 13 tackles, 30 disposals. He just fought and fought and fought. That's his kicking that, you know, some will say he's got to get a bit cleaner with his kick. But, yeah, I think uh, Cal's rated him around that 10, 11, 12 mark. So that the Blues fans asking, can we get him? He'll go around that selection. Ollie Holland. Beautiful. Love to hear and, that. And, you Kano, and the other yep. one is Cameron McKenzie, who's a St Kilda Academy player, a star for Brighton Grammar he was. So he's around that pick nine or ten mark who also will be in the Blues range. Good stuff. Mm. Uh, the early trade for Ty Power Family Safety is never up for trade. Cow two moves, I guess. On the other side of this, want to hear, um, I actually want to speak about West Coast, who are a little bit off-Broadway with the situation that they are in, but want to hear some thoughts that Stephen Silvani had about West Coast also, Matt Rendell and his stinging criticism of the preparedness of some of their players. And also, Trevor Nisbet, the CEO of West Coast, has hit back. Uh, we'll get to all of that as well as all the latest news on the other side of this. Yeah, and big news just breaking now. Hey, Tyler's need stock fast. Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. So Pete Ryan from The Age is reporting just now. This is breaking as we speak. Collingwood midfielder Jordan Degoe will remain a magpie after coming to terms with the club. He has agreed to stay at Collingwood for the next five years with behavioural clauses applied to the first two seasons of the deal, Lordo. Mm. So a bit of a compromise there, but you would think good move on behalf of Jordan, and I think Collingwood would be relieved to get this done with some protection, at least in the first two years. Was it always five, Kane, or originally? Or that's what I. That's that what was, I'd seen reported. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I just wondered whether they could have extended and given him an extra year uh, to to make up for the clause in the first couple. But yeah, I think the common sense would have prevailed, and they that they give a little bit at both ends. But yeah, it's funny. Like I got no ties to Collingwood, but in a sense, it's like take a deep breath. I'm relieved and going. It feels right. It feels for the best. He's, he's Collingwood. They know him better than anyone. They'll support him. Uh, fantastic news for Collingwood. Uh, keeping Dugowie and, and great for Jordan as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about this. A good result. Pies fans, you can jump on the phone and have your say about that. Good move. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. And for St Kilda, I mean, we heard from James Gallagher this morning and we heard him speak. There was a, an air of confidence about what they were saying and the prospect of Jordan Dugowie going to St Kilda and Tom Brown essentially saying it was line ball and St Kilda could pull this one off. But in the end, Craig McRae, I think, would have been pivotal behind this. I'm sure the board would have been pretty strong in having those behavioural clauses in there. Um, so they're there for the first two years, and I'm not sure what happens after the remaining two years. But Jordan Ngoi, that's breaking news from Pete Ryan from The Age. 
will remain a magpie, and you would think that would be announced officially probably at the best and fairest tonight where Collingwood hold their best and fairest. Hey, Tylers need stock fast. Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets. Now, Matt Rendell's not shy of having an opinion, and he's on the late trade, and I'm in full agreement with what he said about West Coast yesterday. We've had two years of being the most unfit team I've seen for a long, long while play, and some of them are genuinely fat. They're carrying kilos. Can I name names? McGovern's been doing it for years. He needs to get fit. Maybe be careful bloke. use of the word uh, fat. But okay. Maybe not conditioned to play high-level footy. Carrying two to, th- two to five kilos more than they should. Mm. <laughs> I, I used the term during the year when I, when I said I'm footy classified about Elliot Yo, and I was quite stunned about how he um, presented himself for a game over here in Adelaide against the Crows. I preferred the term out of shape. Yeah. Did you get was, mu- do you get much blowback from West Coast? Yeah, a little bit. Like so so West Coast are extremely sensitive and, and what Matt Rendell so take take the word fat, use whatever term you like. We all understand what he's saying. He's he's saying that they need a really hard preseason. And I think a lot of their players have taken liberties um with the way that they've prepared themselves. And I get frustrated with West Coast because they're in denial about mm. it. I I think you get respect as a footy club to say, hang on, yeah, yeah, our players did let us down. Our, our senior players didn't prepare themselves the way that they should have and what is expected for a highly paid professional athlete to do that. And the performance has suffered as a result. Like, Elliot Yo can't get on the park and you'd have to question whether that's part of his preparation. I'm not sure Nick Nat Nui's been as fit as he mm. possibly can. I'm not sure Liam Ryan. I'm certainly sure Kelly Rioli hasn't. Tim Kelly mm. hasn't. McGovern is, I think that is that is fair. Um. Andrew Gaff is, is really fit and, and is an elite runner, but has he performed mm. to the level? Has he done everything to be the player that we know that he can be? You would have to say no. So I, West Coast are in a world of pain, and I continually get frustrated that West Coast um, deny any of it. And the back page of the West Australian today is that the Eagles boss, Trevor Nisbet, has launched a strong, strong defense of his players on the back of those Matt Rendell comments. Well, I think they should they'd be better off putting their hand up and saying, yep, let's be completely honest about where we've let ourselves down, and that would be an area of that. So we'll wait and see what happens at the Eagles, but it feels like they're recommitting to those senior players again, and they're going to go around again with largely the same group. Kevin's on the line. Jordan Ngoi will remain a Magpie. Kev, uh, are you a Pies fan, and are you happy about that? I'm... I am a Kyle fan and I'm very happy that it's finally got done. I'm and this you just sound like you're in the toilet, Kev. Is there any chance you can pick us up off Bluetooth? Because we want to hear crystal clear about what you've got to say, but we're just struggling with the line that you're on. So have another go. You want to speak about Dagoe and Grundy? I am. Yeah, no, we're just struggling with Kevin's line there. But if you want to have your say on that, if you're just joining us this morning on the early tray, the news is that the Age is reporting through Pete Ryan that Jordan Ngoi has signed that five-year contract extension with Collingwood. The behavioural clauses will be in place for the first two years of that deal, one three hundred twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. 48 I think you were the first one to talk about Ruckman uh, and what their worth is and, and what Ruckman win premierships and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you did it a, a while back, and there's no doubt – uh, oh, sorry, not no doubt – the view I'm hearing from people in at Collingwood, and you might have heard me talk about it with Sam Edmund yesterday. Yeah, I did. That they don't believe you invest a million dollars into a ruckman. So there might be someone within the club who agreed to it with Brody Grundy, 
but at the time there was debate around uh, let's let mm. him let him go to Adelaide mm. if he wants this seven years seven million let let's let him go but then others within the club said we can't let Brody Grundy go but now within the the the, the, the Collingwood you know those who make decisions are saying no you don't pay that much for a ruckman so that's where I think now with Dagoe staying it's a it's just a much a certainty yeah, it's, it's a little bit towards the I mean, the American sports model, and people get frustrated about talking about it, but there's a certain threshold that, say, a, a running back can earn in, in American football, or there's a certain threshold that a wide receiver can earn, and there's there's pay grades versus the position that you play, and perhaps that's what you're speaking of. So, mm. you know, you, you get the big money if you're Jeremy Cameron and if mm. you're a power forward. You get the big money if you're a centre-forward clearance player who does the damage like Christian Petrarca. And in today's footy, perhaps you don't get that as a ruckman. That's where I'm interested in in Luke Jackson, Lauder, and the commitment that Fremantle have made. And I know he's unique. Mm. I, I know, I know that. I understand yeah. that. But he's he's a number one ruckman. He hasn't shown himself to be a forward. So how do you view that investment from Fremantle for a 21 year old ruckman who he's been paid on potential versus what he's done so yeah, far? I was having a think about that uh, over the last couple of days, uh, and I was watching Mark Blixar's play. I was wondering, could because I, I remember Shifter Sheehan when he was first drafted, Kevin Sheehan, and he spoke about this guy can play anywhere. He could yep. be a ruckman, he could be a ruck rover, he could be a centre back, this midfielder. Tall, a midfielder. And I, could they have him play? Could they try and spend the whole off season working at him to play like Mark Blixarves? And you, it would transform the game. Imagine you had Big Sean Darcy, mm-hmm. and then you had him as a stoppage player. Darcy can fight, fight behind the ball. He comes into the ruck. Become really inventive if you're the Fremantle Dockers. How can we use this guy to get the best out of him? No, he's not a great forward. So let's not try and make him one. Could mm. we invent a role and try and transform this game? With Yeah, Blixavs has done it, but this guy's even bigger. Uh, 100%. Yeah, so That's exactly what mm. that... And, and I reckon... I think Melbourne are thinking the same. Mm. Can we do what Grundy yes. can do to what Blixarves has done. Mm. So, I mean, as you said, the teams copy success. So I'd be fascinated to see how, if Melbourne get Grundy, how they deploy him. And I think you're spot on. I mean, Justin Longmuir is really smart. Mm. You hear his game knowledge, game plan structure off the charts. Mm. I mean, so they'll have a plan and they would have had a plan in place for a while, but gives them some flexibility. Um, we'd love to ha- hear from you though, because we're nearly out of time this morning, but we have set aside... A bit of time for you to have your say, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. If you give us a call, don't sound like you're in the toilet like old mate mm. Kev was before. Just nice and crystal clear. Get straight to your point. We'd love to hear from you. It is the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Equipped for anything and your calls coming up next. Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Yeah, equipped for anything. We're more than high. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. We touched on it a little bit earlier on and, you know, what can happen when you lose a grand final by such a large margin and the ramifications that it can have. But Sydney will feel like they're equipped for anything after seeing the results of their best and fairest, which Matthew Lloyd had a really deep dive into um, prior to 8 o'clock this morning and looked at where those players were selected. But also, Lord, the age demographic of the group. You know, largely they were... You know, players under the age of 25 years of age who featured in the, the pole positions of that best and fairest. Yeah, it was fantastic. Warner second, uh, Rowbottom third, Heaney fifth, McCartan sixth, Goulden seventh, Florent tenth. Fantastic for the youth. But 
Johnny Longmore will be saying, don't think it's going to happen, boys. We've got to work that hard over this off-season because many a young side has made it mm. and gone nowhere the year after. Sydney will feel like they're equipped for anything. It's for Coates Hire. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. Let's quickly whip through a number of your calls before we finish and hand over to the early trade. Uh, Tony's in Perth. Uh, the Outer Shape Eagles, Tony. Fair criticism or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, Matthew Randell. I've got a couple of points, and then I'll hang up and listen to your call. Um, yeah. Remember 10 years ago when I think Worsfold or, or longer probably sent him to the fat farm because he was out of shape and... Which player was that, Tony? That. I, McGovern, Jeremy yeah. McGovern. When Worsfold was coaching, they sent him to this farm, I don't know, fat farm or something. But what they got to do, they got to send the whole squad there over the pre-season for about a month, teach them how to eat properly, and they got to get a new uh, major sponsor, get rid of Hungry Jacks, and put in like some sushi thing, you know. Like yeah. they just got. It's amazing, Tony, to think that fully professional athletes, with all the knowledge that they have, would have to be taught how to eat. It should just be a benchmark expectation for your club, your, your players, especially ones as highly paid and as experienced as the ones we're talking about at West Coast. Bailey is in Geelong. Uh, Quinton Narkel has been delisted. Bailey, what did you think? Ah, uh, Kane, what's going on? Yeah, we're good, mate. Um, I just. I just thought, uh, do you want to get rid of seven players over this like off season? Who knows what they've got up their sleeves? I just want to hear your thoughts. Well, they've got a bit up their sleeve, don't they, Lordo? Mm. Well, the thing about Narkel is, I think if you if you get a sense that someone's interested in him, you hold on to them for a while and you can get a trade for them. But they would think that Narkel hasn't got the interest there at this point in time. So, yeah, he, he'll be one of those players that has to just wait has to wait. Often it's about the kids now and it's about the top enders and it's a really tough time for players like uh, Quinton Ark or Liam Stocker those types hoping to get another opportunity. Yeah, they got a bit going on though. Ollie Henry, Tanner Bruin, Jack yeah. Bowes pick seven so the Cats have their I guess their tentacles far reaching as they always do which is frightening for the rest of the competition. Lordo, outstanding first week from you. Um, you too, we'll be Kana. back on Monday. Yep. yep, so look forward to doing that but Big news today, Jordan Ngoi, according to The Age, has re-signed with the Collingwood Football Club for five years. So other clubs, including St Kilda and the Bombers, can put their attention elsewhere now. The guys in the early trade will take you through that. It is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Stick around for the early trade.